Father, I ask that you be with each of us now, that you come close to each of us and give us each what we need. So last week, um, Nat spoke to us about how we are changed through the Holy Spirit, um, even when we're not aware of it. And in today's reading, we can see the outcome of that change in Judah. He's been transformed, and we're going to look at how much he has changed. So a quick recap. In chapter 37 of Genesis, Judah sells Joseph, his brother, into slavery. And he does that for his own gain. He has no regard for the impact this will have on their father, Jacob. He has no regard for the impact it's going to have on Joseph, or even Benjamin, Joseph's full brother. He then goes on to participate in the lie that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. And that's not all. We didn't look at it, but in chapter 38, Judah is shown to be a uh, rather dishonorable chap in treating his daughter-in-law very badly. And so here we are 20 years later, and we see a very different Judah. In chapter 43, he guarantees to his father Benjamin's life with his own. He's shown not to be jealous of Benjamin, who is now, of course, Jacob's favorite. And in the reading that Lee read for us in chapter 44, we see that change showing itself further. At verse 13, he's distraught because Benjamin's life has been threatened. And at verse 18, he risks his own life for the sake of Benjamin by speaking up to this great powerful man that he doesn't realize is his brother Joseph. Verses 30 and 31, he pleads for his father. Verse 33, he begs to take the place of Benjamin and become a slave instead. But the most telling of all is at verse 16, when Judah confesses his sin. What can we say to my Lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. God has uncovered your servant's guilt. Judah has been transformed from a self-centered, lying, cheating individual to remorseful, caring, willing to risk his own life for the sake of his brother, and God-fearing. What's caused it? Time? Is he just grown up? Maybe. Is he just facing up now to past mistakes? Probably. He's certainly letting go of himself, letting go of the things that mattered to him in the past. God has uncovered your servant's guilt. When faced with this situation, he asks, what can we say? 
knows everything. He has let go of the need to hide his shame and has submitted to Joseph and to God. But the truth is that they could have claimed their innocence here. Judah knows that he hasn't committed this, this crime. He's pretty confident in his brothers. Verses 7 to 9 shows how confident they are in each other by saying, you know, look in our sacks. If any of us have got the silver, then we'll become slaves. So why does Judah say that he's guilty? Well, because although he's not guilty of this crime, they know that they are not innocent people. And that guilt is still with them. It's like when you have a really deep, big splinter, if you've ever had that. You, you know the temptation just to leave it there because you know that getting it out is really, really going to hurt. But you can't just leave it there because if you leave it there, that wound can't heal. You have to dig it out, and it's horrible, isn't it? Judah and his brothers are still carrying that splinter, the sin of selling Joseph into slavery. They've tried to hide it, but God has uncovered it. And the word in the reading is iniquity, which is a very unusual word. It's not one that we use very often. And it's a word that means more than just guilt about a specific deed. But it's, it's a character flaw. It's a wicked nature. It's a choice to continue sinning or covering a sin up. Judah confesses that they have sinned in their lives and God is making them face it. In effect, what God has done is pulled out that painful splinter and made them look at it. In verse 4, in the second chapter that we looked at, Joseph tells them to come close. Now just think about that. You've been found guilty of a crime that you didn't actually commit, but you know that the guilt is weighing on you. You've been pulled in front of this great man, second only to Pharaoh. And he says to you, come close. I think you'd be quite frightened by that. But Joseph is talking to them in their own language, and he tells them not to be distressed or feel guilty because God is at work, and God works for good. It's a massive thing to take that their sin has been used in some way for good. God wants us to come close. And he speaks to us, sometimes very directly, more often, much more subtly. It might happen when someone is praying for us or we're praying for ourselves. It might happen as we're singing or listening to music. It often happens when you're out looking at creation. It's a beautiful day today. But even in the horrible days, sometimes we can look at that and see the majesty of God. We can clearly hear God speaking to us through the Bible. 
God calls us to come close. And God already knows our character. In the passage that we read, the word found is there lots of times. The silver is found, their guilt is found out. But God doesn't find out our guilt. God knows it. He knows everything there is to know about us. We need to look for it. Because it's the thing that stops us from coming close. It's the thing that stops us coming close to Jesus. Coming close to Jesus is the only thing that's really worth doing. Because here we can say, Lord, this is the place where I know I am forgiven and loved. What else can I say? I wonder how often we take pride when we see other people doing things wrong and we think, ah, I'm not doing that. You know, when we see someone being greedy or um, lazy or not sharing, we might tut a bit and feel a bit self-righteous. But by doing that, we're ignoring the times when we do things wrong, when we judge, when we tell half-truths, when we don't share ourselves, when we put our own needs first. It's so easy to see the dirt on other people and not notice our own failings. But God has a way of holding up those splinters in front of us so that we can see where we've gone wrong. And then God weeps with us, just as Joseph wept. He cares so much. We are forgiven and loved. So what secrets are we holding that we need to let go of? What things are getting in the way? What splinters are we carrying that we need to confess and weep over? God knows us. We need to know ourselves. And we also need to know that we are loved and forgiven by God. We are not out of God's reach. We need to come close. God loves us. We need to know that we are lovable and accept that God has forgiven us. God changes us. It's a process. And it's not a process that ever stops. We don't fall out of that process. God has already done everything that needs to be done. He did that on the cross. And that is a gift to us that we need to accept and not leave ourselves in a pit of despair. What can we say? We can't make things all right when we realize we have sinned. Sometimes it feels terrible when we know we've done something. But God, by grace, deals with it and works his power in us. And we grow into people we are supposed to be, the full brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And when we let go, we get peace. We lay down the things that weigh us down and we feel lighter. God 
removes the splinter, shows it to us, and then deals with it. Then healing can begin. For Judah, that healing was to be reconciled with his brother. In verse 7, Joseph says, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives for great deliverance. Judah, along with Benjamin and Simeon, will form a great nation. Spoilers there. God goes ahead. God sees the end and the beginning, knows us. What Judah didn't know, but we do, is that God has done everything that needs to be done that we can be healed so that we can be reconciled. We have been saved from the slavery of death by Jesus putting himself on the cross in our place. We are forgiven and loved. And the band are going to come up and sing a song that talks about that. What can we say? There is nothing that we can say. When we face the things that we have got wrong and ask for them to be washed away, we know that God has already done it. What can we say? All we can say is the thing that we can always say when someone gives us a gift, and that is thank you. Thank you.